0: I think that each of us has just something really beautiful inside of us. And whether that is like a spirit or just, you know, whatever that is, there's just something beautiful and I think it needs to come out. And um, beauty doesn't necessarily mean gorgeous or, or whatever, but I think that there's something deeply human that needs to come out. And if we're repressing that by writing what we think we should write because we want to become successful or famous or get published in this journal or whatever... It's such a load of crap.
1: this is Dave Buddha with Darken the Page. Today I'm having a special conversation with my new friend Sarah Werner who has a podcast called Right Now and that's Right uh, W-R-I-T-E now Um, and I noticed we have a similar uh, interests and themes and so this is a conversation between the two of us and Sarah's here with me and welcome Sarah.
0: Hi thank you so much for having me um, I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast, and and you have such a unique perspective, and it's just very funny and interesting. And your guests are smart, and I hope I can live up to that. So.
1: <laughs> well, here, if if you know if what comes first, like, do I choose the guests because they're smart and interesting, or is it you know? So here you are, you made it. Well, well um, good. <laughs> yeah, and um, and yeah, I really, I really just, I guess, I I feel like when I started this podcast, I thought to myself. I don't know if everybody is as geeky and excited about talking about the creative process as I am. Um, oh and so I was really happy to see that there were other people out there um, like you and, and just a few other podcasts anyways. Um, Cause I always wonder that like some writers, I feel like I go out to and I'm like, I actually asked this to, to a guy I interviewed a couple weeks ago and I said, just just out of curiosity because I, I was a little insecure because he was like a famous author so i was like do you like talking about this stuff <laughs> just before we begin like is this weird because some people i feel like they, they think it's like over indulgent you know oh, yeah. and and i'm kind of an over indulgent sort of person so <laughs> um but anyways tell me how you got interested in 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 this particular subject
0: oh sure gosh um I, I feel like uh, a writer's story is kind of, um, maybe not necessarily like traditional, but it's it's like a rite of passage. It's something that a lot of people who become creatives and go through a creative process experience. And so you're going to hear a lot of the familiar tropes. So like, oh, yes, I was an introvert. I was quiet. I love to read. I was lonely. I was bullied. You know, all that uh-huh. stuff. Wait,
1: that's not just oh. me. Come on. <laughs> no,
0: yeah. it's. I right. think it's probably like, you know probably 99% of us. and um, But that's, I think, where you get a lot of the um, the character that you need to build and a lot of the introspection and even a lot of the listening and, um, I don't know, uh, speculation and, and all those sorts of skills that you need to be a successful writer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, um, kind of typical, always read, always wrote, uh, played my part as, you know, Matilda at the library and, mm-hmm yeah the rest mm-hmm. is history
1: nice, and why did you decide to start this podcast that you do?
0: Yeah, so this podcast was actually um we spoke about this a little bit earlier. This podcast was actually sort of an experiment. um I'm one of those people who uh, if I'm not doing something new. I get really bored with life. And so I was yeah. like, well, what's the next thing I can conquer? Like, oh, I'll try audio. I, I know absolutely nothing about it. And you can tell that by listening to my earlier episodes. Um, but I kind of muddled through. And so, um, so yeah, uh, I've really enjoyed it. It's been really fun. Um, the reason I wanted to experiment with podcasting was that um, I do a lot of content marketing and uh, just writing on my own. And I had a blog going and I was really passionate about blogging. But uh, I kind of, by day, I work in the marketing world and, and specifically the digital marketing world. And so I'm always crawling into Google Analytics for our clients. And I'm always kind of looking at what's effective content, what's effective copywriting, and um, how can we increase engagement and increase those numbers. And so I was like, I'm going to try this with my own blog. And so I worked really hard at writing blog posts and my you know, the, the readership. And I know that's not what's, you know, mostly important about blogging, but still you like to see that people are reading what you're writing. Mm -hmm. Um, my stats were super low and I was like, I'm not getting any visitors. Yeah. And so, um, I was like, so how do I create content and how do I share language and ideas with people in a way that will, uh, I don't know, spread more or, um, I don't know, just engage more. And so I had a friend, a good friend here at the marketing agency that I work at who is a big podcaster. His name is Peter Adol, and he runs the 168 Opportunities Podcast. And he's like, Sarah, have you tried podcasting? And I was like, what? what? And so, uh, what? spelled W-A-T. <laughs> and uh, so I got a mic and I gave it a try. And I think it's something like for every 10,000 blogs, there's like one podcast, like the stat for that is ridiculous. And Mm -hmm. I've just noticed some great engagement and I still feel like, um, I still feel like I'm blogging, but it's, it's a little nicer because I can just record my audio and then there's no going back and rewriting and repolishing every word because probably like most writers, I'm a perfectionist Mm -hmm. and yeah. So once you record audio, you know, it's such a pain to go back and record over it or do anything like that, that it's like, OK, done is better than perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Yeah. So it's just been a really uh, happy mishmash of of things. And I've yeah really discovered that I enjoy it.
1: I think and I think podcasting is a great way to <clears throat> expand yourself as a speaker. You know, I've noticed yes. that for myself. Um, actually, a couple things. I've noticed, I mean, the podcasting for sure, but also um, what I've been doing with, with my blog lately is I've been reading the articles and then I, what I do is I make those articles a podcast. So oh, it's yeah. really, it's kind of amazing and I I'm, it's everything, is, you know, it's like five to nine minutes long and so just once a week there's a new article and um, reading and sp- like performing something off a page every week, I really feel like is, has improved my speaking. It's improved my diction and my, uh, it's made me much more aware of, of, of how I speak.
0: Oh, totally. It's been totally. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you ever get stage fright? I know you have kind of a career in music. So is that ever anything like that you've dealt with mm-hmm. before or like is um, that something that podcasting has helped?
1: I don't really deal with that. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't get <laughs> stage <sure>. fright really. <laughs> um, I get stage excitement, um, which is really oh. fun. Um, I, I guess what my story is: I started playing. Let's see, I started playing guitar when I was nine years old, and there was a music school in town, and so <clears throat> I was took lessons with a the guitar teacher. And what they would do in this music school, which I just thought was absolutely brilliant, in is they would have um, recitals pretty often you know so they'd have like let's say you know in the school maybe like once a month and then you know depending on where students were they could participate maybe every couple months or whatever and so I would actually be performing and playing for people at a really early age and that was super scary but you know they'd take us into like nursing homes sometimes and then you're sitting there people are totally unresponsive but you're still nervous and so it's a great place to work out your stage fright. <laughs> um, that is awesome. That's really great. Yeah, and so I just kind of got used to got used to being in front of a room, um, you know. And it and then when it came time, like let's say in high school, and you know the English teacher pulls out the guitar and says, "Oh, I'm gonna play some songs. Anybody else play some songs?" And I'm like, "I do," you know. And and so, <laughs> you know, then then I got to feel I, I got to my nervous system was was okay enough with the idea of performing that I got to then start to re- reap some sum- reap some of the benefits and I started really enjoying it and then I saw how people were looking at me when I was performing and playing the guitar and singing and that was like oh that was really cool and so yeah. um I, you know if I do a big show like maybe like hundreds of people um I will feel the same feelings of that would be considered nervousness before the show, which is like I don't really want to eat, I'm like jittery and kind of like my mind's going a mile a minute, um, you know what all that stuff is happening, but it's I actually process it as excitement um, and I'm just genuinely like can't wait to go run on that stage um,
0: that is awesome what a great feeling yeah that is that is really cool. I wonder if that's something that you can it sounds like something that you've learned.
1: I think so. You know what? Honestly, I just, I just thought of this because I've been thinking about this for a while. And, and a lot of people, I think, talk about this as rhetoric. They're like, well, you know, it's nervousness and excitement are the same thing. So if you just, you know, it's like, but the truth mm. is we're human, like whatever. And I think some people are in love with, with their story of stage fright. Um,
0: Ooh, interesting. Because, yeah.
1: uh, you know, I, I see that there, I have friends that have been performing for a little while, but that still get nervous and stuff like that. But I think that some parts of them some part of them really wants to be a nervous performer. I think some part some part of them is really enjoying that that they're romanticizing that in a way.
0: Oh, yes. You know, now, are they doing that so that eventually they can overcome it and then have a success story or a triumph or do you think that it gives them the excuse like if they screw up, oh, it was just nerves?
1: No, I don't think they want to get over it. Um I just think they're and maybe, and this is all happening subconsciously, I think, but, you know, because as I think about it, I mean, it's, I don't know why some people don't make that transition, because I made the transition, it was just at an early age, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know why, and I, the only re- the only reason I can think is that it's, because I, 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 in my mind, I'm, like, picturing, like, uh, there was, like, a conversation I had with a, a girl a little while ago about this, and she was, like, telling me how she's like wow you you just you don't care and I get so nervous and and I just listen to her talk and I'm like replaying that in my head I'm like she's she's really like she's in love with that story of herself Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) and and I you know it's like the same thing with like starving artists you know like I'm sure (laughs) every I'm sure all of all art all artists have had to get over the romantic notion that that if they don't make money from what they do it's somehow just or right and I yeah. think you know and it's not that we have to be like millionaires but at the same time it's like you know what does that have to do with art like you know it's like so yeah. uh oh, definitely yeah that's that's kind of what it is for me I think
0: you know? I think that you know what you hit upon something that was really interesting to me and I think that's the notion that um if you suffer for something it makes it better it makes you more noble mm-hmm. and so if you're up on stage and you're having a great time well yay good for you you're having yeah. fun but if you're on stage and you're nervous you're struggling and oh you know oh i feel really bad for you, you did a great job and it's just it's more like uh I don't know. It's I don't know if what they produce then is seen as more valuable because they had to struggle more to produce it, or, yeah. um, or yeah. anything like that. But I, I totally I think agree about with that you. With writing a lot too. Yeah. Oh well, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know,
1: you know what actually, what I think it is in a way for me, I can experience it as, like, how, what's my like, what's my ceiling, like, what's my upper limit for this? Because if I'm going and playing a music show. And I get a room full of people and they're like chanting my name and uh, and I get to play songs I wrote. And then at the end of the night, I get paid for it. Like, you know, it's like, this is too good. Like if I'm nervous, at least now it feels like I'm sacrificing a little bit or I'm working a little bit. But now like now to add to that, I don't, I love it. I love every minute of it. Like this is too good to be true. I really feel like that's, You know, that's, that's hard to like accept that much awesomeness in one evening.
0: You know what you, that is absolutely correct. That is absolutely correct. I think there's just so much, um, so much guilt that we put behind, you know, Oh, I have to be miserable. I have to work for a living. I have to, I have to do this. Um, there's just so few people who like break through that mentality and actually accept the fact that they can do something that they love every day and get paid for it. Yeah. I think everybody's capable of doing that. It's just that we're I don't know why we're so scared of our own potential.
1: Yeah. I have a funny story from the other night. So I, my oh, wife my <laughs> wife and I my wife and I put on these um, workshops we call connection games. And uh, for a little community here in Encinitas, you probably have these in South Dakota too, I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) But like we get people together and then we play games like, you know, talking about the things we're afraid of and, and, you know, breaking down walls and that kind of stuff. And, um, and so uh, um, the other night, Tuesday night was about, um, is about touch and connecting through touch. And so one of the exercises we were in groups of four and my wife and I usually just kind of trade off leading. And then if there's an odd number of people the person who's not leading, will just join and participate. So in this moment I was participating in a group of four and she was leading and it was in the beginning. So it's like, just to get how people arrive, just, you know, you're going to ask for these three people to massage you and however you want, and then you're going to rotate and, um, so i i 'm sitting there for like three or four minutes getting massaged in exactly the way I want, and it was amazing and I was like, "God, this is so good and at the end of at the end of that three minutes, I noticed I was laying on my back and there was there was like a little hair in my mouth, not like a but not like a it was it was like a fiber it wasn 't like an actual human hair yeah. and and I was kind of uncomfortable with it, and they, they were massaging like my arms and stuff like that and i and I actually watched my mind try to justify that i don't i it's already so good i don't i could just swallow this hair like i don't have to actually like pull it out (laughs) of my mouth because i'm already receiving so much and then here are these people who have also now just paid me to be here at this workshop that i'm sitting here and getting massaged at it was like i couldn't handle it and i was like well i should probably just swallow this hair and then i was like that's ridiculous and then i pulled the hair out of my mouth But it was like, so like, you know, how much can I, ha- how much can I take? You know, it's like, there is, it's weird. These limits that, that our mind imposes.
0: Oh my gosh. That is, that is, that is a great story. And it's a great, I think it's a great illustration of exactly what you were saying earlier. You know, that we, where do these limits come from? Like, why don't we think we deserve, um, well not deserve. Cause I don't want to sound like, you know, Right, a, I don't, yeah, I'm, I agree yeah. with that. I, yeah. But like, oh, yeah, you deserve to be pampered. I, I don't really go with that mindset. or, Like, indulge yourself. It's right. like, no, that's yeah, that's you for know. Starbucks. But, yeah. Well, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, if you can pay $6 for a cup of coffee and whipped cream, you know, go for it. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we don't think we deserve at least to be happy or, um, you know, deserve to. We, we have so much potential. I always go on about, like, our creative potential. We have so much that we can be doing, and we limit ourselves, and I don't know where those limits come from. I don't know who we think we need permission from or if we're just scared to act outside of, like, societal norms or what that is. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't know what that is.
1: I mean, it makes me think that it's, on one hand, there there is this, like, social conditioning that we all experience, you know, where, where you know, we're kind of like, a, have you read... Um, have you read The Fountainhead, or Atlas no, Shrugged? I oh, like, um, uh-uh. you know, there's this kind of this idea of the sort of evil altruism, you know, oh, yeah. where where you know public service is the highest good, you know, and that we're all literally just taught to to not honor ourselves. I mean, I was in the Navy for a little while, and one of the the things that they tell you is ship shipmate self. That's that's the order, your order of priority, so I mean which is absolutely important if you 're like fighting a battle and you know like you have to save the ship and then you know shipmates and then yourself uh so it's a really useful thing, but we we apply it and we forget to take care of ourselves and then the, like loving ourselves and taking care of ourselves just becomes like this radical notion that only weird people do and and it's it's crazy, but you know i think I think we're taught this i mean. You know, in a sense, maybe like parents unconsciously teach this because it makes their parenting easier, at least in the short term. You know?
0: (laughs) Maybe, yeah, maybe. And and maybe it's, uh, it might also be a little bit of, um, I don't know, like growing up, you know, I think people are inherently good. And so growing up, I think that, you know, we're taught maybe to be selfless or to be very generous to others or very kind to others. And it sort of uh, breeds into us this notion of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, if you're going to make a sacrifice, it should be for something good or, you know, for something beneficial. And, you know, lately as I as I grow up and I kind of grow into this like work-life writing balance kind of thing, I notice that I'm making sacrifices, but it's not for anything like good. And so maybe we just need to re-examine. like nobody's in
1: the other end of it like nobody's yeah. benefiting you're just like exactly. for the for nothing yeah
0: yeah I'm just uh, making these worthless sacrifices and I'm making myself miserable do you have an example of that people. oh my gosh yes <laughs> um so i'm a I'm a yes person I don't know if you are a yes person yes, so I'm, I'm, I'm yes not person. like a like a sycophant who just says yes to everything but that that other people say but I, I'm a yes person in that if you ask me to do something I want to help you oh my gosh I love helping people it's just It's what I was made to do, and and I love fulfilling that. And so um, if you ask me, hey, Sarah, will you build me a website, I'm going to say yes. And um, when I say yes to those things, then I am necessarily, and I've learned this recently, whenever you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. That no to something else could be you know, myself, my reading time, um, my time with my husband, my time with my friends. And so I've just... Um mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of uh, like hurt myself and it's it's not that I'm I necessarily need to take like 3 days a week off to like indulge myself, you know, and eat ice cream on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes it's it's really healthy just to realize that you know, you can't live for other people if you're not living for yourself. Mm-hmm.
1: never ceases to amaze me what i will say or do for myself but wouldn't think of doing that for others or doing that to others or saying that to others i mean it's just insane you know
0: tell me more about that
1: well like this whole idea of uh of of how we talk to ourselves, i just think is fascinating you know so if i, I like i could be mm. we justify being harder than ourselves, like it's somehow okay like because yes. nobody because nobody gets hurt right like Right, besides right. us right so who cares <laughs> you know so if i'm like if i you know uh let's say okay let's for example i i, I interviewed a woman uh named angela loria uh on the show and she's um she's a wonderful entrepreneur uh also a writer who helps other writers and she brings them in and sometimes does this program called three days to done where she helps she just like rents a nice house and then spends the like the weekend with like three or four or five writers and they write their book in three days. But it's I usually, to that episode. yeah, it's, it's usually a book that's not like a fiction novel. It's like something that's kind of already in their head. They just need to get out on paper. So she just mm-hmm. hasn't rock it out. So I tried to do that. So I went and up to big bear where I, um, like kind of little mountain area and I have this little lodge that I go to. And I said, all right, I got a book idea that I've been sitting on for like three or four years. I'm going to knock it out and I'm going to do it. And I had like two and a half days, something like that. And, nice. you know, it went all right. I feel like, you know, overall, I got, I got more done than I probably would have gotten done had I not set out to do the book in three days. Um, yeah. But I certainly <laughs> didn't, it certainly didn't like walk out of there with like a manuscript like I had hoped. And, you know, thanks to the thought I've put into how ridiculous our self-talk and our expectations are, I didn't really beat myself up that much. Um, but I definitely wanted to, you know, I definitely wanted to come out of there and be like, Oh damn, you know? And the truth is if somebody else came to me and said, and said, Hey Dave, I set out to do this thing. And then I only, but I only got like half of it done. And I'd be like, why don't you just celebrate that, man? That's awesome. Like you got, you know, and, and I would never think twice. And, and, and if I spoke to someone the way that I spoke to myself at times, and been like, been like, well, you know, you did spend a lot of time on Facebook, man. Like you could have just, uh, you know, <laughs> or like, well, maybe maybe you're just not really good at fo- focusing or, you know, um, well, I guess, you know, I guess so-and-so is right. Or, you know, like if I just read, if I said that to somebody else, I would like slap my own face. I'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you? And mm-hmm. so, you know, it, it's, it's just amazing what we put up with and what we accept as okay um, when it's not... Actually directing it someone else. I mean, it's amazing what we do with other, to other people too. Don't get me wrong; we're not nice oh, to yeah. other people yeah. a lot of times too. But <laughs> uh, it's yeah. like you know, we're even worse to ourselves. I mean, no, I think that as a whole, you can you could say that. However bad you are to other people, you are worse to yourself.
0: That is super crazy. And, and I just and you know find what? it crazy. Oh no, I totally agree with that. And that actually reminds me of another story. Um, so. I Okay, so there's this little place in the woods that I also go to. It's like this little isolation cabin. And you can just rent it for a couple days or a day or however long you want it. And it's this little hermitage. You can go there and you'd be a little hermit and there's like a bed and a desk for writing and really good light and trails to walk. And it's just really, really great if you're sort of an introvert who loves nature and who loves to write and create and stuff. Mm, That's beautiful. So anyway... So yeah, so I scheduled some time and I was looking forward to it. And so um, I was like, finally, I'm going to get the chance to do some writing. I'm going to do so much writing. I went and I bought, I seriously bought 68 pens and I I bought like (laughs) five, I got a little optimistic. I, I bought all these notebooks and notepads and just all this stuff and I got a bottle of wine and then when I got there. The second I got there, just I was, one I
1: bottle of look. wine and 68 pence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got my priorities. <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> you could drink the ink after a while, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just let the coffee ferment. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so I got out there and I was like, oh, you know what? I feel kind of rotten. I'm here for three days. I'm just going to take a quick nap and then I'll get started writing. Mm. So, I fell asleep and I woke up like 12 hours later and I was wow. so sick. I was so sick. Oh. And so what had happened um, was I was so stressed with work and with all of my other obligations before I went out there that it just kind of kept building and building and building. And then the second that I was alone in a quiet place, like my immune system just, you know, died. And Mm. I spent three days in that cabin, like laying down sick and throwing up. And I was like, this is my hermitage (laughs) I was supposed to write. And, um, that's, that's really, that's that self-sabotage that we were talking about. You give and you give and you give until you don't have anything left.
1: Yeah. I love that story. That, that is so beautiful because <laughs> now I have like, if I go on a writing retreat for three days and I just write like a sentence, I can be like, well, at least I, I didn't <laughs> like, <laughs> I wasn't sick the whole time. You know, like, I love that. That's like the lowest of lows. Was, and so now you have that can compare it to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: so I scheduled it for this year, and I was like, you know what? Even if yeah, even if I just write a little bit, oh, it, it'll be more than I wrote last year. So yeah,
1: that's great. Yeah, you're probably gonna have a a, a really, in terms of emotions, you're probably gonna have a great retreat. I mean, you, you, whatever you write is whatever you write, but certainly now you have like you know you have nothing to lose, you know. Exactly. So it's great.
0: And there's yeah. something really freeing about that. Yeah. You know yeah. about. Uh, and and you know we talked about limits before a little bit and like the bar has been set and the bar is low Yes. <laughs> i can easily yes. step over that <laughs>
1: so. that's great yeah and and ultimately when, I, when we look back to on those experiences we don't remember the page page counts we remember how we felt you know and mm-hmm. and um and so that's you know that's great i love that yeah. um do you um what what is your Sort of what is your writing like? Do you do um do you write yeah, what kind of stuff do you write and what kind of stuff do you enjoy writing?
0: Oh cool, because I want to ask you the same thing. Right. Um I love writing fiction. I've always been a, a fiction junkie. I'm a you know, I'm such a sucker for using writing to escape. And so when I escape, I don't want to like sort of retread all the stuff that bothers me from day to day. I want to create something new nice. and something really wonderful and something that I can inhabit that's, you know, different from uh, the regular life that I live so um, I love fiction Um, I write novels and I don't publish them I just write them and I have them and um, because you know part of me is terrified of publishing and rejection and part of me just doesn't know what I'm doing Mm -hmm. uh, on that end of things so um, so yeah that's kind of a lame answer I just I write fiction Um, I don't know it's kind of got like a post-punk kind of noir I don't know it's weird you know ask a writer to talk about their writing and they'll just completely go blank even though it's exactly what they live for right you know? right well because so. yeah I'm asking for like
1: an outside <laughs> perspective essentially on your on yourself and it's um yeah. do, you, do you write like short stories or are you really do you write like complete or not complete but do you do you do like long novels
0: yeah um, I'm a, I've always been a fan of long form uh, whether it's I mean, I just I love getting into something and really thoroughly exploring a theme. And I tried writing short stories in college because um, I was a I was a writing major in college. Mm -hmm. And they always said, like, okay, if you want to publish a novel, what you need to do to get on that path, because there is one path, is to start writing short fiction and get it published in a literary journal. And that's, you know, eventually you'll publish enough and your name will become familiar and then you can publish a novel and it will be wonderful. And so I start, I started writing these um, these stories and they were not in like my own style because I prefer the, I don't want to say trashy, but like I like to write fun stuff. So I like mm-hmm. science fiction and mysteries and horror and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so... But I started writing these short stories that were very, um, that kind of emulated like the John Cheever, Flannery O'Connor, you know, in like the 50s and 60s kind of, Mm -hmm. I don't know, slice of life kind of stuff. And it wasn't me. And it it was just, it was me pretending to be something else. And so I have this collection of stories that I've never tried to publish as well. Um, But I'm not a huge fan of those because I don't feel like they were, you know, uh, like true to what I enjoyed writing. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I actually I really enjoy the fact that you don't publish it because for me as a writer that that's there's a lot of freedom in that like not putting any pressure on yourself to publish something when you could really truly write what you want and I really love that.
0: Yeah, it's um there's you know we talk about starving artists and like doing art for art's sake and I feel like um I don't know. I guess there's this whole conversation to be had about, oh, should artists be paid for their art, and you know, what what are they doing for society and all this stuff. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Yeah, I was talking I about that the other day with, like totally
1: yeah, awesome. yeah. I, I was talking about the other day with uh, uh, a girl named Jamie Farron, who's probably going to be, I think, published by the time people listen to this. Um, but you know, we were talking about this because she she does a lot of freelance writing and she gets paid a lot. Um, not paid a lot of money as in um, like amounts, but she often does work and get paid for it. Um, And she actually worked for thought catalog for a while as an editor too. So she would oh, be, be re- fun. receiving submissions and also writing her own stuff too. And, and um, it's tough, man. You know, it, it is like, we, we, you know, talked a lot about the balance and, and monetizing things that you love. And, um, and it's, 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 there was, you know, there really is no clear answer. And, um, I thought actually, what, what one of the things she said that was really nice. I, I took a little more of a cynical approach. She she kind of brought it, lifted the conversation a little bit up, and she said, you know, um, I think the 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 need to to make money or get people's attention or whatever outcome there is that we don't necessarily always like, um, can be a really cool um driver for people. Like it can, you know, there's there's mm. a lot of art and pop, you know the 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 goal of pop is to get your attention and to get you singing and dancing, and mm-hmm. in that outcome, there's there's the the art and the creativity that lets you get there, and even if you go to like some, you know, Huffington Post or whatever, and you're like, oh, and there's like the next viral article, like, well, so the goal is, you know, to to make the num- the most number of impressions, so you know, then then bring in the artist and say, get me the most impressions, you know. And, Mm -hmm. and I think as long as we're okay with valuing that, I think we get, we get, we just get like, we get mixed up when we don't, we don't really think that's what it's about maybe, or we don't, we don't let ourselves just do that. Um, I, I, I heard Paul McCartney say once when he was talking about songwriting with John Lennon and he said, you know, um, (laughs) he said sometimes he's John and I would just go and say, um, Hey, you know what? Let's, let's write a swimming pool. Like, basically, a song that's going to make a lot of money because we'd, yeah. like we'd like to install swimming pool, you know? And like, I like that, right? That's Paul McCartney. Like, he's written some awesome songs, you know? And so, um, I, I, I like this idea. Um, and, and I, we, I talk about it a lot on the show for sure.
0: No, I like that a lot. And in fact, you know, that's something that I, I really identify with as well. So I work in marketing day to day. And so I'm constantly doing like, oh, we have a client who, um, you know, a hotel. And so I'm writing, you know, blog posts for them about their hotel or I'm doing website copy for, you know, a a company. And so that's the stuff that I get paid to write. And it's, it's, you know, I'm good at it, like not to be unhumble, but, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, so it's, it's a nice way to make a living. And then that stuff that I write when I go home, like that's just for me, like that's that creativity, like that's where, um, you know, that's where you can make that art. And so I think that the phone in here rang a few seconds ago, so I'm sorry about that.
1: That's all right. Yeah. It was nice. Nice to know that we're, this is raw and just live. We're not unscripted, you know?
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah. No, but, um, it's, it's so interesting. Like what you can, like what we feel like we can get paid for and what we feel like we can't get paid for, because I feel like the writing I do that I get paid for is certainly easier than the creative stuff that I struggle to produce. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet I don't feel like I've earned the right to like sell that creative stuff or, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I don't know. So there's, there's definitely some, some interesting, uh, I don't know, insights there to be had.
1: Yeah. I, I definitely get this, this feeling of being a fraud. Mm-hmm. N- Neil Gaiman talks about this so well. And he did a commencement dress for, um, and you know, it's like, I got this recently. I don't know what it was like a couple of days ago. I just was like, I spent the whole day just feeling like a total fraud. Like, everything I was doing, the way people were seeing me, I was like, you guys don't get it, man. Like I'm just like, I don't it, it was this and it was really interesting and, and um one of the ways like I, I I guess I I ended up trying to feel good about it. I was like, well, let me think about this. So if I'm feeling like a fraud, it probably means I'm I'm out like people see me as something that I'm not.
0: Mm-hmm. And maybe that's
1: because I'm I'm putting myself out there and then they're you know, if, if I hadn't have done this work and and put it out there, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have that thought in my head. So maybe that was good, you know. But, yeah. um But I think about that a lot. I I, I do have a lot of fraudy moments. Yeah.
0: Well, I do too. And like, and who's to say that? Like, I don't know. I think that we're so complex in our our views of ourselves. Like, I think that it's it's certainly possible that we are things that we don't know that we are. Mm. And so, um, I I don't know. I think it's possible that like. Maybe to somebody else, I represent something and that's very true for them. It might not feel true for me, but does that mean that it's not true at all?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And when I'm at my healthiest mental state, I totally allow that, you know? Good. Yeah, because um, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like I... What I really ultimately care about is, is helping people, you know? And so if like somebody, let's say somebody comes, I'm, I live in Incinitas, um, California. We have a lot oh, okay. of, um, a lot of spirituality here. So let's say like I, uh, somebody comes up to me and says, Hey Dave, like you're my guru, you know? Like, yeah, I really follow you. Like you're my guru. Now, if I don't have, a, if I, if I don't have a problem with that, I can just let that person get whatever they need to get from me by calling me their guru. Cause that works for them and yeah. but if i don't if i have but my ego steps in says, well 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 i'm not a guru you can't call me that like i will not allow that you know that's i'm i'm not helping anybody like i'm just hurting this person in a sense you know because like they want to do that and i can't i can't be seen as that mm-hmm. uh, but but it's some it's out of like some like faux modesty thing you know where i'm like well it's because i'm so modest i can't see but it's not it's actually the opposite it's like i'm being a big fat head, you know, thinking that that I need to be seen a certain way, and that you can't see. Like, how dare you? How dare mm-hmm. you put me on a pedestal, young man? You know, I will put myself on a pedestal by yeah. putting by taking myself off this pedestal. You know, and it's like whatever. So, I think it's
0: so meta. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: that is delightful.
1: Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. I'm. So I was scrolling through the the names of your shows earlier, and I and I really. And love it. Like I wanted to ask you about any one of these, oh, but gosh, yeah. um, how about uh, how to write when you don't feel like writing? Ooh. Cause I don't feel like writing sometimes.
0: <laughs> you know what? That was one of my, yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so the whole premise behind my podcast is uh, essentially how do I do this whole work life balance thing? And then how do I add writing to that? Mm-hmm. Like how do I add my passion project? If I'm already balancing, you know, a 40 hour a week, or more job with like a family, like, Oh my gosh, how do I even have time for that? And so this, this episode was really, really near and dear to my heart because I think it was the, one of the first episodes where I talk about, um, yeah, sometimes you're going to get home from work and you're going to feel like garbage Mm -hmm. and, um, generally when you get home and you just feel like garbage and all you want to do is turn on Netflix and just marathon something and, you know, (laughs) not think, uh, which is probably, you know, six out of the seven days a week for me. Um, so this is yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so I get home and the best thing that I can do is, um, enter your writing space. And so go into, where do you write? Do you write in an office or Coffee
1: shop? Well, office mostly. And then I go up to the mountains occasionally, but I I go and usually I'm in my office, yeah.
0: Cool. So you're in your office. Um, It's important to shut the door and just shut everything out. Um, And then so like then when you sit down and you say, this this is important, um, truly ask yourself, okay, am I being like lazy and whiny. And do I just not want to put forth the effort or do I actually like, am I actually sick or am I actually tired? Or do I actually need, you know, we talked about self care earlier and, and self love. Like, do I actually need to like go lay down and take the night off? Do Mm -hmm. I need to do that? And it's so hard for us to be um, honest with ourselves about like where we actually are. And so I use like this regret feeling. And so if I'm sitting in a chair and I say, okay, I'm going to go take a nap. If I feel regret, um like oh Sarah you're gonna regret this later then I know that I'm not actually too tired to write and so I will sit down Mm -hmm. and um the next thing I do is just start writing about myself whiny Sarah comes out and she's like oh I'm so exhausted I'm so tired and just get your fingers moving and get them writing um
1: yeah there's always something to write about
0: there is always something to write about even if you're not so like If the thought of opening up your novel file, which is, you know, several megs at this point, you know, if if that's Mm -hmm. truly terrifying for you, then open up a fresh page and just get your fingers moving, get out how you're feeling. I think that I'm I'm of the belief that like any writing is beneficial writing. You don't have to work on your novel or your, you know, poetry chapbook every day. I think that you can do some kind of writing every day and still be able to call yourself a writer very faithfully. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. um... So even if you're just I encourage my listeners to keep a journal and to like just use that as a springboard if they ever feel um, lost or just, you know, like they don't feel like writing or if they have writer's block. Um, If you are writing words down, that is the path to writing, or at least in my experience, it has been. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. It's so nice to have a, uh, a place to write that is not going to mean anything. Yes. like i realized that for myself that it, before i started journaling it didn't have a place that wasn't significant everything i yes. everything i typed out was significant but the journal wasn't i could just be like i don't feel like writing today my name <laughs> is dave i want to write stupid <laughs> stuff today Blah blah blah, and i just kind of like i could just keep just blabbing and and it was fun because i was just like wow my fingers are just like flying and that feeling, for whatever reason, just triggers like happiness in my brain. It's like, uh-huh. you know, so I, that, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. I love the I love that you said that. That's so important. That pressure that we put on ourselves to create something immediately, to create something significant and important and, and sellable. Um, I, I have this problem where, you know, people know I'm a writer. And so they give me like little blank journals for Christmas and, and beautiful paper there's so much pressure I feel associated with these beautiful journals that I never oh, used to Oh, yeah, I, I totally write, get that, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I write in the crappiest, like, you go to Target for, like, a dollar and you get the spiral-bound notebook. That's what I do most of my writing in because I feel like I'm not ruining anything, you yeah. know, that, I'm, that there's not that pressure to, like, create something meaningful and worthy of this beautiful leather-bound journal. I so totally I love that agree. you said that. Yeah. 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 I love that you said that. Which is such
1: a shame because they're so beautiful bound
0: <laughs> journals. <Yes>. Well, <laughs> and they I don't get I'm used,
1: praying. you know. And they just say they yeah. just sit empty. You know, <laughs> or like I mean that's the worst too, like the beginning. If I'm like, I'm gonna write a song in this, you know, and it's like, oh, and then I start to cross it out. Like, oh, I can't cross it out. I mean that's like a when the thick pages look like they look like they've like like handmade pages or something like that, or whatever the hell they do, but it's crazy.
0: Oh my gosh, I've used one of those journals. I feel so bad admitting this. I've used one of those journals once in my entire life. I literally have this huge stack of unused, beautiful journals. And what I did was I wrote something in one of my crappy little notebooks. And then I very carefully transcribed it into the nice oh. journal word for word. <laughs> terrible and it's, it, there's some kind of insanity in that. And I don't know. <laughs> It's like and you know I what really it's know. like. It's
1: like it's like American Psycho. It's like the business yeah. cards. You know, have you seen oh. that? No, I haven't. We're oh. I, I, I,
0: talking about it. yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, there's like a movie with uh, uh, Christian Bale when he was like really young called American Psycho, and he's like a like a serial killer and like a and like a wall street business guy and they and he like obsesses over his business card you know and like in like the font and like the cut of it and it's just like this ugh, it's like it's so funny well oh, um, cool. i mean like yeah. what
0: writer doesn't obsess over their craft i know
1: i know I, like feel like, writer, I feel like i feel like some good therapy for you will just be like take one of those journals and just write like them just fill it with meaningless shit
0: <laughs> you know what i'm gonna go home tonight and i'm gonna because do- if you
1: have them anyways or or give them away or something <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Read, read <laughs> but just keep one and then just be like I'm gonna waste this like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna whatever tree went to <laughs> to making this journal some like spruce special oak thing just 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 their life that that, that tree has been wasted I, and I will you know just, that, that would be, just start it. like like a little kid like just start like just doodling and, and then <laughs> and then if you don't like it tear it out and or cross it out and, and use a whole page you know <laughs> That would be really funny.
0: I'm get home tonight, hold it up. I'm going to destroy this journal. Yes, this journal is useless. It.
1: Yes, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will get no value out of this. I will just waste myself, waste my writing on this.
0: this beautiful useless thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, so I want to ask, uh, I want to ask you the question that I ask people at the end of uh, my show, which sure. is fun, and it's. Um, it's sort of a way to, to speak to your to yourself in the past, and so mm-hmm. if you could if you could write a note, let's say on on like some crappy Walmart journal thing, nothing <laughs> nothing too nice, and I want you to stress okay. about it. Okay. Um, no stress. <laughs> if you could write yourself a note and pass it back through the fabric of time to yourself at a earlier date, um, and you were to just kind of sp- share some stuff that you learned about writing and and the creative process. Um, what would you say to yourself and then and at what point would you want that note to appear in your life?
0: Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. Um, do you have like ten hours in which I can Yeah, go ahead. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know you know what I would say? My biggest advice to myself is Sarah, get over yourself. I think that we put Such a a premium on what we think we're creating, and like, oh, this is going to be, you know, a great work of literature one day. This is going to be this and this and this. And we pour so much time and thought into creating this thing that's actually, you know, we need to be spending that time writing and not polishing. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying this very well, but I spent a lot of time um, after I graduated from college writing those short stories that I spoke about earlier, the John Cheever and Flannery O'Connor stories that mm-hmm. were supposed to be like slices of Americana. And they, they were what I felt I should be writing. And I, and, I, and I would say to myself, you know, Sarah, you can't have a legitimate career as a writer um, if you're not writing stuff that's good, that's worthy of a literary magazine. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so I, I really ended up limiting myself because I wasn't letting myself just truly write. I, I think that one of the, the deepest reasons that, we, that we're driven to write as creatives is to um, – this is going to get a little – Yeah, you know, go for it. But, go for it. Um, I live I in know, California, that, so – Oh, okay. So we're good. Um, I think that each of us has just something really beautiful inside of us and whether that is, um, like a spirit or just, you know, whatever that is, there's just something beautiful and I think it needs to come out and, Um, beauty doesn't necessarily mean gorgeous or or whatever, but I think that there's something deeply human that needs to come out. And if we're repressing that by writing what we think we should write because we want to become successful or famous or get published in this journal or whatever, it's such a load of crap. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. It's a load of garbage. And so I would go back in time to that Oh, what was I? Maybe like 23, like, you know, 2324 24 year old Sarah, who's like sitting in a coffee shop, like, Oh, I'm going to be the next, you know, whoever And say, Sarah, get over yourself. You're not Flannery O'Connor. You mm-hmm. know, that's what she wrote. That's why she was a genius is because she wrote what was true for her, but that's not, you know, what's true for her is not necessarily true for you. So, you know, if you want to write novels about, you know, time traveling space princess, like, do that mm. so <laughs> that's not what i'm writing about that was time traveling episode.
1: space princess that's an yeah. awesome novel uh yes. well, <laughs> somebody I'll needs to write uh, that
0: <laughs> yep i'll be publishing that and never yeah because yeah. uh, i don't ever publish anything but um no i i would i would definitely say just sarah get over yourself stop trying to be this awesome literary figure and just be honest be yourself be true to like oh this is so like after school special but like you know be true to that thing that's beautiful it's inside you that's trying to come out
1: mm. yeah so. we like the after school special stuff here in california yeah, yeah.
0: so be true to yourself just mm. like any disney movie will tell you to be
1: mm-hmm. yeah well and it's like you could either i feel like we all learn that the hard way if you write long enough anyways because mm-hmm. you're just mm-hmm. like well this sucks so what do i do to make it better and then sometimes you just start writing stuff that is just you you don't yeah. filter it, and then all of a sudden people like it. and You're like, hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I pretend to be someone else, nobody likes it. When I'm just myself and I let it rip, whatever it looks like, I you know, even if I use quirky humor or throw in f bombs, it uh-huh. just apparently people like it. So hmm. And you kind of like awesome. build yeah. up enough of that data, I think, and you're like, all right, fine, I'll just do it this way. <laughs> it seems to be working a lot better.
0: No, I love that. Cause like, that's the place where I am now. It's quirky humor and F-bombs and I love it. And nice. it's a beautiful place to be. And I guess that's what my soul is made of. Quirky I've, humor I and like F-bombs. That could but... be the
1: next podcast. Quirky <laughs> humor and <laughs> F-bombs with Sarah and Dave.
0: I love that. And then I'll, you know, publish my space princess novel and it'll just be amazing. Uh-huh.
1: So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, that's it. Let's do it. Um, well, love thanks. It. This was really fun. I, um I, I, I'm now inspired to do more, um, conversations with podcasters maybe that's what I'll call it Um,
0: I like that you know
1: because this is nice like I I one of the reasons I got into music honestly really one of the reasons I got into music was because I wanted to hang out with musicians and I like hanging out with people that do that have similar interests and and you know podcasting is is a really cool way to have like a membership pass you know to yes. hang out hang out with other people it's like you know <laughs> hey so and so want to be on my podcast and they're like yeah why not but like oh my god you're famous this is all right well let's let's hang out together and talk about writing you know like you wouldn't do that if i just walked up to you at a conference and be like be like hey famous writer like let's sit down and talk about writing for an hour they're like go away yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you know it's great and um yeah so i, I really uh i love it and uh yeah Oh,
0: thank you this is this was just a fun conversation you are fun to talk to and i love your insights and your perspectives so thank you so much
1: mm, thanks yeah let's do it again soon thanks for listening to the show if you enjoyed this podcast or if you like this particular ideas in general about uh conversation uh, between myself and another podcaster that is also interested in the creative process Let me know. Uh, Write us a review on iTunes. Uh, That would be amazing. Or you can send me an email. Darkenthepage at gmail.com is where you can do that. I also really want to encourage you to check out Sarah's podcast. It's called Right Now. W-R-I-T-E-N-O-W. And you can look it up on iTunes. Or you can go check out our website. It's sarahwerner.com with an H. Sarah with an H. Werner with an W-E. And... Um, I'll also post links to that um, on the show notes, which can be found at darkenthepage.com slash zero four three. And if you're listening to this through Sarah's podcast feed and you're one of her listeners, I would say thank you for letting me borrow your awesome podcast host. So until next week, make great art.